0: I think,
1: uh, The reason Wimpy's not here is because we did our time change last weekend, and you do yours next week.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh. What's happening, Wes? We break it down, and we, we're falling.
2: I don't know, Chris. How? How can I know? This is an arcane system. It makes no <laughs> Hold sense. On, are
0: you serious? You don't know? Okay, we're falling back. Does that mean it gets darker earlier or lighter earlier? Damn yes. it! Just, just tell me which one. It's it is, too Wes. much fun. No, <laughs> oh, come
3: on, Wes. I've been trying to figure this it gets out. For- darker earlier.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, I've been trying to figure <laughs> yeah, this out for it all two days.
3: Earlier.
0: So you know, it's already this is a problem. This is this is a real problem. It already gets dark way too early, and uh, I got to be honest with you guys, I start getting
2: sleepy as soon as it gets oh, dark. Oh, I know. It's like well, eight o'clock. I guess it guess it's bedtime. Yeah,
0: it is a big problem. It is a. I screw getting lighter earlier. Screw that. I don't need it to then get lighter. I just light feel pressure earlier. to
2: wake up earlier.
0: Well, and I but sometimes I, as soon as it I do actually I like I. I get up. I usually get up around five thirty. Uh, around five thirty is usually when I'm up.
2: I don't want to get. Mean? I like X metal. Point here. What is that? Maybe JB time should just be agnostic. Uh, Jeez, make no, UTC the thing you've pinned all best, to.
1: All the best places use UTC. Uh, this uh, kid- we're on utc now hello hello. hello hey hello. do you want to... just been caught out by time math
0: i'm very yes sorry. we yeah we we were kind of uh we were kind of <laughs> thinking that might be the case uh we oh. i just wanted to do a little uh when we get into the show a little uh ubuntu mate 1510 uh yak-a-yak if you would with us i think that'd, be, well, very that'd nice. be
4: delightful i'll look forward to it and okay. uh yeah and somehow and i'm do driving you all the way it? to liverpool in a couple of days time i mean
1: how, how did this happen oh by the way <laughs> uh, i'm not uh, who's calling shotgun i i think mark should sit in the front and i'll sit in the back so i can write my presentation
4: all time shotgun sure 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 you can do shotgun to laura's and then uh, and then uh, sit
1: in the back oh, no i want Laura to sit in the back i want to sit in the back the whole time so that you're my chauffeur all the way to yeah let me work with, this out let the, me work this the, out I'm, I'm just going to extrapolate
4: workers. here would you like me to wear leather driving gloves and a peaked cap
1: Wear well, whatever the hell you like. We're playing dress up, be, don't we? Like, you,
4: you just you just want to look like Miss Davis, Daisy in the back of my car, is that right?
1: <laughs> oh, only on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I heard was leather. Mm. Oh boy! Oh, hello, Chris.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I've decided I'm going to move. Have... I got to move somewhere where it's sunny in the. Where can I go where it's sunnier right now? Where, where do I got to go?
1: Australian, Australian, Australia. Australia? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking Australia. Sunny right now. Yeah. Next. Six months of sun in the South Pole.
0: Yeah, I could do that, yeah. Uh, then I could be more productive. Then I could be more productive. That's what I was thinking. You're looking at Ranch talk show that's ready. It is
2: nice, sunny, and 70 degrees out.
3: I got to oh, yeah, go. Where are you?
0: Uh, I got to go. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
3: Looks familiar is <laughs> yelling at me in IRC. What? I live in Texas, man, and it's sunny all day from 6 a.m.
0: to 9 p.m. Well, that would be 9 p.m. still, really? Because the thing is, is I can feel my productivity is going to start falling off. It's time to hibernate Why? soon. Well, because our time zone change is going to make it darker sooner. And, uh, and I just start I, – I, something with me, I think it's probably because I don't get good sleep or something. As soon as it starts getting dark or whatever, I'm, I'm an old man. As soon as it starts getting dark, I start falling asleep. I start getting tired. My, My energy drops way me, off.
3: Huh? It's the release of melatonin <laughs> no. that
0: does that. Now, I know, I'm 33. I know I'm not. I mean, I'm not actually that old, but I don't know what Jesus. it is. I, it's been for the last two 30, years. 33.
4: I remember when I was thirty.
0: Now, listen. It is it so dinner, you, you mock, man. you mock, yeah. but it is so bad. I thought there was something wrong with me because well, there might be. don't, yeah. don't discount. Okay, them. all right. Because for the last couple awesome of years, when I was 33, for the last couple of years, I was like, why am I falling asleep at like six o'clock, six thirty at night? What is wrong with me? Why? And then as it started getting lighter out, I started staying up later. And then I started staying up later. And then I'm like up at 11 o'clock at night and I'm feeling just fine. And in the middle of summer, I'm like, oh, because there's sunlight. <laughs> and then as soon as it starts getting – so now I'm, I'm starting – you guys, I'm starting to get tired around 7.30 when the sun set. It is ridiculous. I've got like – so basically I've got from 5.30 – from about really 6 – well, really, who's going to get out of the house? Before? So from about 7.30 a.m. to about 7 o'clock p.m., that's my window of opportunity right there to do anything. And if it doesn't get done in that time period, it's not getting done.
2: We need to get you it's some nice um, solar temperature lights I, in, your, the in truth, your rover.
0: The truth is, is I just got too much work. I got. I need to work till eleven o'clock. That's how you see. That's how my life is structured. I'm like, I have a, I have a job that expects me to be, to be available till eleven, and I can't make it past seven thirty. Actually, eight thirty. Really? Yeah. So I tell you, maybe I'll get one of those satellites. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
4: You would, think, you would think
0: being in a studio the, full the, of the lights... Ones up in
4: a constellation or the ones attached to the side of your house.
0: No, like, you know, those seasonal affective disorder lights that, are, like, give you... I've got oh. Hughes lights. They're, I've uh, even...
4: This is not as cool as I thought.
0: The no, thing in, fact, in, <laughs> in fact, one of the things that's really kind of neat with these Hughes lights is check this out. Now, Wes, tell me this doesn't actually feel a little bit different. Tell me you don't notice a little difference when I do this. I'm going to hit the button here. It's called Energize. Ooh! See suddenly, I'm, I'm
3: awake, alert, it, it does ready feel for a, a little, podcast.
0: It does feel a little I, more like. Uh, look at it, You feel energized. Yeah, you do. I didn't hear.
4: The, I didn't hear the energized sound. When, when, All right, so say, hey, yeah. here, here's
0: the difference. All right, so here's 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 before right here. Right, see, there's before, and here's after. Boom! Oh, I need
4: to. Boom! So now I need to open a browser. To yeah, you do. And you and do. See, because see,
0: yeah. see, before. Yeah, see hang, that's hang, hang on, hang that's kind of boring, right? It's kind of sleepy. Sad, Definitely sleepy, Chris. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Chris, so. does that
4: always work with uh, a cell phone? All oh, right, go on, go on, do it again, do it again. Okay, I'm so
0: here's now. here's here's sleepy mode. This is what we're going to start the show with. Now here is energized mode. Boom, boom. You see that? Big difference. Big difference. It basically, and I have other modes oh, too. Like right. okay. Uh, here's Concentrate, which I don't like as much.
2: Oh, that's kind of intense. Yeah,
0: here's Sunset.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah, now it just got warm in here, didn't Day it? Day is done. Yeah, got warm in here. This is Grease. Oh, it's green. That's weird.
4: Now, where's the Scott, God, I can actually see you, Chris. This is unnatural. I don't normally do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there. That's better. I think it's fixed. Put I the think... curtain back up. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, cool. All right.
5: So, what does the Philips Hughes run on? Just a mobile phone app, or well, no, actually,
0: what? actually, they have uh, they have they even have like a Python API for it, like it, it, pretty much anything. There's there's all kinds of things you can use to set it, but the consumer out of the box expectation is a mobile device.
1: Uh, so, do you I have to it. have firmware update your lights? Not like the lights the themselves, but someone... the controller.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't know oh, if it was okay. the Hughes, but I saw Matthew Garrett talking about how one of the lights he has has Netcat on it. Which is really? pretty disturbing.
0: I don't know about these. I mean, it does have a little controller, and it does need updates from time to time. Uh, you know, they're pretty obvious for a studio use. Right, but having color control over your lights is pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know. You so, having to
2: go fiddle with the gel. You know,
0: or... I was talking to Benjamin Crinsia, or right? Car- yeah, did I say his name, Crinsia? <laughs> Uh uh carinzia uh what is it? Carenza. Carenza, right. Karenza. That's right. Benjamin Carenza, thank you. And uh he was talking about how you could tie in <laughs> his glucosio app, which checks for like your uh, blood sugar levels and whatnot, with Hughes lights. Oh nice to uh change the light of the hues depending on your blood sugar. Cadenza, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. We just need to record you saying it correct <laughs> once, and you can just have that as I a know, clip, ready to go.
0: I've got yeah. a freaking
4: soundboard. And, and also, and also whilst, whilst, you're on, whilst you're on form there with correct pronunciation, go on, do Untergos one, just once.
0: Antergos. Ah, there
4: we go. You gave it. Nice. Creative you comments, gave everyone, Creative Commons, everyone. You can creative on every YouTube video
1: ever. <laughs> uh, I've never installed Gnu Slash. <laughs> I just need
0: to replace all these Richard Stallman <laughs> clips with me saying things correctly. That's all I need to do, and that'll solve <laughs> the problem. <laughs> This is Linux Unplugged, episode 116 for October 27th, 2015. Welcome to Linux Unplugged, your weekly Linux talk show that's ready to head out and find the sunshine. My name is Chris. My name is Wes. I'm just saying I get sleepy in the fall, Wes. That's all I'm saying.
2: I do, too. Maybe after this, we'll take a nap.
0: <laughs> Actually, you did
2: bring us Red Bulls before the show. I'm doing my part. I'm you doing know, my part. we got to have a show somehow.
0: It's been a long time since I've had Red Bull, too, so when you crack it open, it's got that s- distinct Red Bull smell. Yes, it does. But uh, we are well caffeinated for today's episode of Linux Unplugged. Uh, we're going to get into, uh, well, a few things. First of all, we're going to chat with uh, Wimpy about some of the new things in Ubuntu Mate 15.10. I'm looking Very forward exciting. to that. Big win for the EFF that benefits Linux users. We're going to chat about that. Why Intel x86 platform is going to be just basically, we've got to write it off. we got to write it off. We're done. I love me some x86 CPUs. we got to write them off, you guys. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Actually, a really, really compelling report just came out on why we have to do that, and why Linux users are in the best position to take advantage of that. It's from the guy who created OS. And then later on after that, we're going to, right here, right now, we're going to admit Richard Stallman was right. In what may become a reoccurring segment at this point, uh, he nailed it. RMS nailed it. This week, a judge declared that because an iOS user does not own their software, Apple can be legally compelled to unlock the device because... By Apple's very own EULA, that user doesn't own their device. They don't own their device. Apple owns their device, the, the OS that runs on their device. And so because of that, Apple has to unlock it. Wow, is that not a huge red flag And exactly what Richard Stallman warned us about and exactly something that the Linux users should be thinking about. And then after all of that, some really sleek new hardware could be coming out for Linux users. I believe I believe now I've been working on this. I believe it's pronounced Yaume.
2: Sounds good, Chris. Shh, damn it,
0: Wes. <laughs> and they have uh, something really interesting up their sleeves. So before we get into all of that, let's bring in the Mumble Room. Time-appropriate greetings, Mumble Room.
3: Hi, good morning. Hello. Hello. hello.
0: hello. Hi. 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 So uh, you guys may or may not recall a couple of weeks ago, we played uh, the Linux Foundation's The World Without Linux uh, episode. Let's uh, play their second one that just came out, and, and then we're going to play Critics. Alright, right, so we're going to, like, mystery science theater this thing. You ready? All right, so here it is. The World Without Linux. Woo! Episode number two, by the way, with a real serious guitar intro. All right! Road trips are the best, but I think we are totally lost.
3: Don't fret, dude. I brought a trusty map. (laughs) Dude. So, a map. All I have to do is convert inches into miles and cross-reference our perceived location with the mile markers on the road and... (gasps) Uh, my bad. Sorry. Map goes out Don't the window. Don't worry. As a backup, I printed out directions. He's too hard un- to make it. Yeah, so...
2: Broken <laughs> up by the end <laughs> of the series.
3: You <laughs> take a left on... Fu- slight right on... Ma- right. Now... What in the world are you saying? Sorry. The printer cut off the directions on the side. Ah, map quest.
1: I hope you never, ever go away.
3: Okay, well, I think U-turn.
1: Wait, U-turn? I was supposed to make a U-turn?
3: No,
1: U-turn. Wait, are you saying U-turn or you should turn?
3: Right.
0: Are you saying right as correct or turn right?
3: Stop. Wait, are you saying stop it or stop the car?
0: (laughs) A world without Linux would mean a world without direction. We are so... Oh,
3: lost.
1: When do you think we'll get there?
3: All right, all right, let's see. No, I'm going to do this. Okay, so if a train leaves New York at 3 o'clock. Okay, wait, carry the one. You want miles, not kilometers, right? Okay, the way it looks to me. We're going to be there by, eh, Halloween. A
0: world without Linux is hard to imagine. Thanks to the hundreds of thousands of individuals and companies who support Linux, so we don't have to. (laughs) Learn more and help support Linux today.
3: Wait, that sign says Bermuda Triangle straight ahead.
0: Finally, some good news. Oh,
3: I know, right? Sounds tropical. Oh,
0: hashtag world without Linux. So what do you think, Wes? Are you impressed by the World Without Linux uh, series so far? There really
2: wasn't
1: very much Linux in it, so I, I guess that's that's good. You know, um... Chris. Yes, yeah, go ahead, Bofi. Is... Is this a cultural difference between you guys <laughs> and us, or is that just not funny in any way, shape, or form?
3: <laughs> no,
0: I think you're right there, Puffy. Yeah, it's pretty much not funny, Popey. uh Not only is it not funny, but I don't, I don't get the premise. Like, if she has printed out directions, what did she print them from? Yeah, probably the internet. And then he references MapQuest, which is probably running Linux. And I think the fundamental, I maybe I'm overthinking this, but I think the other fundamental thing is, is like it sort of assumes that something wouldn't come up in its place, like a BSD or something like that. I love the idea, though, and I love the basic uh, idea that they're trying to convey. That's the part I should say. Is I love that. I love the idea they're trying to convey is Linux makes the world easier in a way
2: you don't even realize. Right, Spotlighting how it builds all the common this, infrastructure. Do you think
4: maybe these... these um Promotions are not aimed at us.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly correct. Do you
4: think, do you think this is more suitable for my mum when I want to explain what Linux is and what it's? Done yeah, for yeah.
0: The world? I, I do think so. I just I think it's kind of fun. I'm glad they're putting it out there, and uh, you know, I, I've noticed that the first episode did get a little bit of attention.
1: Yeah, it did. So I think I think if I showed this to my mum, she'd say, "That's nice, dear," and that mm. would be it.
4: Yeah, there's, there's an element of that as
2: well. It didn't make a big. Connection to the part Linux plays, really? No, no. I, mean, I guess you there's have. There's a to, huge uh, amount that goes into providing the you kind of have to
0: infer that. that Linux would be providing solutions for all those things. Right. In but some if you way. don't know anything Sorry about Linux,
1: Debbie Downer and all that, but it just seems like a complete waste of time.
0: <laughs> the other, uh, the other question that has to be asked is: Is that being created under Linux? Yeah,
2: right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think is it like is. Contracted but... for a designer using a Mac. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, so I'm torn on it.
0: Uh, part of me really likes them getting the word out, and part of me likes the idea of sort of showing how Linux has made our modern lives easier, but part of me thinks it's a little off-tone because you have to kind of know how Linux fills in the gaps in order to get it in the first place, and if you know how Linux fills in the gaps, it's not resonating with you. And number two is I probably think it was probably made on a Mac. <laughs> My thoughts. Hey, you know what? Speaking of things that are probably not made on Macs, Camp 15 this weekend. October 31st Ooh. and November 1st uh, in uh, Liverpool, which uh, is a little bit of a commute from here. Just a little bit of a commute, so I don't think I'll be making it. But uh, I bet a few I folks got in a the boat and everything. I know I could. I could <laughs> <Put> the rover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just put the rover on a ferry and call it good. Put some pontoons on it. What else do I need? So, uh, anybody want to uh, chat about Ogg Camp and kind of tell us what to expect if people are in the area? Maybe they could make oh,
1: it. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, this is i don't know like the eighth seventh one we've i've lost count uh (laughs) and uh something like that and uh, we do them every year they're community run events it's an unconference uh and we've moved around the country a few times we've run them in liverpool a few times because one of the organizers lives near there and we've got a really great deal on a venue it's at liverpool john Moores university 31st of October, 1st of November. So that's this weekend as we're recording. Um, and people come along. It's not a necessarily a Linux or open source or FOSS conference. It's, it's free culture, open hardware, hacking. There's some Linux people there, you know. I there, bet there's you, a fair you, amount you, of you, Linux people <laughs> there. Yeah, there is. And, there's a big for But that. it's it's um it's not distro specific so while ubuntu is one of the sponsors fedora is another sponsor and oh, cool. uh, martin can tell you one of the other sponsors in a minute but oh. uh, we yeah we have a bunch of sponsors who uh, help fund the event but the key thing is it's free to attend so you can buy a ticket if you want to if you want to pay and donate a little bit that helps run the run the event or you can just have a ticket for free uh, we don't we don't Uh, that's a cool system you don't get seating or anything like that but the thing is uh most years where we when the years when we started doing this um community funded it turns out that the community turned out to be one of the biggest sponsors uh voluntarily so people just voluntarily gave five pounds ten pounds whatever they could and that was comparable or higher than the corporate sponsorships we got from like, you know, big name brands, which I thought was really nice and really shows off the way that the conference runs. And if if people want to come along, come along to Liverpool, John Moores University. If you go to Ogcamp.org, um you'll find out all the details the schedule. And if you've got something to talk about, bring that along and do a long form talk or we've got lightning talks as well. Cool. That is that's exactly the kind of uh, that's exactly the kind of event that I think
0: is really in that sweet spot. So that sounds really cool. Ogcamp.org And I'd love it if you guys showed up and uh, told us a little bit how it went next week. So, Wimpy, you had a little uh, deets on uh, one of the potential sponsors here. And is this uh, the one listed here at the bottom of the page here?
4: Uh, No, at the top of the page. So, Entroware, who are the platinum sponsor this year. Uh, They are also um, a hardware (coughs) partner for Ubuntu Mate. Right, right. So uh, uh, Entroware is sort of the UK's answer to System76. So if you want a computer that is uh, designed to run Linux, uh, then Entroware is the place that you go. And at OGCAMP this year, they're the platinum sponsor, I think the only platinum sponsor. They're going to be showing off their new Skylake-equipped systems at the event. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. also donated one of their new as yet unreleased models to the raffle. So there's <laughs> a £600 laptop up Ooh, nice. Rapp, yeah, in the <laughs> raffle. Cool. And uh, I can exclusively reveal that Entroware are also a Valve partner and they will be showing off their Steam machine at this year's odd Camp. And so you can come nice. along and have a play with Entroware's steam machine. So yeah.
0: That's exciting. Uh and uh,
4: this is great for me personally because I know these people via email and Telegram and what have you, but I've never met them in person, so this is an opportunity for me to to meet the guys at Entroware for the first time. So, you know, this is this is, you know, a perfect example of what is all about. It's about bringing people together from the community to uh have a chat, have a meal, uh and have some fun and uh, you know, do good things.
0: Well, really cool, and I'm glad that they're doing that. And um, oddcamp.org is uh, – now, is there any chance at any point that this thing would ever be, like,
1: live-streamed? We've, we've recorded, uh, talks in the past. And, uh, in fact, we've had some people, uh, record talks and send them to us. That's uh, one notable one was, uh, Stephen Fry, uh, who sent us a talk that we played to the audience at Orgamp uh, a few years ago, which was really nice. And he talked about software freedom and GNU and, uh, all that good stuff. Um, we, we tend to not live stream because, uh, we just don't have enough people and infrastructure and stuff to do it. You know it would be amazing? Uh, you know would be
0: amazing goal? It's probably impossible, but how cool would it be for OddCamp 16 if Jupiter Broadcasting could yeah, go and we could live stream it for you? That would
4: be amazing. Yeah, put, that, put, that, put that in the budget, Chris. Yeah, wouldn't that put be that great? In the I just got to
0: take care of a few things. <laughs> I just would love to. It's d- not a
1: bad idea,
4: actually. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a really great idea, and I know of at least – uh, half a dozen podcasters in the U.K. that could help with your accommodation whilst you're <laughs>
1: That'd be
0: fun. That would be a lot of fun. Well, uh, let's talk more. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, all right. So, uh, Wimpy, while we're talking about uh, Ubuntu Mate too? guess what? As the part of the big releases, all the big 1510 releases came out, and the one that we follow really closely on the show is Ubuntu Mate Edition. 1510 is out, and uh, I like the press kit page that was put together and it uh, looks like a ton of stuff. Obviously, the really big feature is Matei Desktop 1.10. Uh, also, the new uh, – I know then uh, you worked really hard on the new welcome screen. So, Wimpy, where do you want to start with uh, some of the new stuff that's in Ubuntu Mate? Because it looks like a killer release.
4: Well, I think so, but then I'm biased, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: well, I, no, I, it was, I think it's – I mean, was... I'm telling you realistically. I mean, one of the reasons people might ask and wonder, why do I follow it closely on this podcast? Why don't I follow Kubuntu or uh, Zubuntu, which has been around for longer. Uh, because, honestly, to me, you know, I feel like I've been watching a lot of different uh, flavors for a long time, a lot of different distributions for a really, really long time, and there is really some great things you're doing here. So I think this is one of the standouts, and so that's why I like to cover here on the show. So you really, I mean, really, I'm, I think I'm biased as well. I think it really is a fantastic desktop for anybody that it wants to game under Linux because the Mate desktop has... Very low overhead, but you're getting a very high quality, very modern-looking desktop. Or anybody that just wants a very simple, straightforward desktop that works the way they expect, that has low resource usage, but still looks really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's friendly to use. It's very friendly to use. So I, I'm biased as well.
4: Well, thank you very much for the kind words. That's that's very gracious of you. Um, yeah. So we've got the Mate Desktop 1.10, and you touched on the Steam stuff there. So there's a there's a couple of things where the sort of the planets have aligned there. Um, uh, I think Pharonix, either today or yesterday, published an article about, you know, the different desktop environments and their performance with uh, running games under Linux. And Mate was up there in, Mm -hmm. you know, the top couple of desktops for sort of gaming performance. It makes sense. And then you marry that with the Ubuntu 1510 base, which, of course, has got Steam controller support out of the box, and then what we've done with ubuntu mate welcome which has got a one click installer for steam right and you have got an environment that can you know with one click be your desktop gaming environment so uh, yeah there's there's a few things that have sort of come together in a very sort of last minute timely fashion but you know it's it's nice to see all of those things being pulled together but I suppose the Ubuntu Mate welcome is is more than people realise. I see people sort of, you know, immediately hitting close because these sort of welcome screens traditionally have been a bit anemic, you know, mm-hmm. just a bunch of links to mm-hmm. websites. And Ubuntu Mate welcome is not that. It actually does things, you know. It gives you some help through the initial post-install configuration and can install... Mm, not right now definitely for 1604 but but now at least a good proportion of the software you would want to install on a computer you know if you've used a computer regardless of operating system you've probably you're probably familiar with things like dropbox and google chrome or Mm -hmm. uh, spider oak one or a whole heap of other things and um ubuntu mate welcome's got one click installers for all of those and and many others besides and we'll expand on that selection slightly not overly maybe about 20 titles or so in the next release just to sort of make that the place you can go once you've installed and also it's asynchronous i don't think anyone's picked up on this but you can go down that link that list and hit install install install
0: install oh i love that's wonderful and thank you for that so Um, is this also (laughs) sort of a uh is this sort of an answer to the software center that isn't a software center it isn't an app store it's uh, it's almost something better because it's it's actually more in line with what users actually need every single time yeah. I give someone a new linux desktop and i it, it it baffles me to this day the hugest concept gap that they have is how to acquire new software definitely because yeah. in their minds I gave i just this just Monday I gave somebody a new Linux laptop. And his first thought was he wanted to go download Scrivener for the writing month that's coming up. Yep. Download. He just went to, just went to Scrivener's website and started immediately started looking for a download link and a download an exe, uh, and it just does, you know does not register at all how it should be done. And I think so an app store is actually too much. It is it is yep. overshoot. They they have they have you know a category of applications they just want to get up and running with pretty quickly, and then they pretty much never really go back and change it again.
2: So right, right. Most people, that's what they're doing. They're using the computer to use these applications. That's a few
0: functions, yeah. right? And so yeah. if you nail it with the welcome screen, uh, you almost negate the need to have a really well-robust uh, uh, app store. I mean, it doesn't completely replace it, but for a, a got to be a good, decent chunk of users. It negates the need as much. Yeah.
4: yeah for, for a good chunk of people, it, it certainly fills a need, and that's what it's designed to do. So um, – Matt Hartley actually helped with the software selection in Ubuntu, Mate welcome. So he helped identify the applications and what they were alternative or equivalent to. So some of the apps you'll find in there says, um, you know, this is an alternative to. So Gimp says it's an alternative to Photoshop, doesn't it? That's nice. um, Say say it's uh, equivalent, it's an alternative to. But we've done as much as we can to these applications to make them the best they can be. So in the example of GIMP, it doesn't just install GIMP. It installs GIMP and a series of plugins, including CMYK support. Oh, And there's, that's very there's a polished. little bit of tweaking that goes on there. So when, when you choose to install Chromium, so there's a little tick box that says hide proprietary software. If you're looking at the Internet su- section and you click that, Chrome disappears and Chromium appears in its place. But when you install Chromium, it installs Chromium and all of the supported multimedia extensions for Chromium are available. Yeah, Yeah. So it does an awful lot behind the scenes, does a lot of the heavy lifting. And, you know, it also brings some things in that probably need a bit of promoting. So things like VeraCrypt, which is now the successor to TrueCrypt. Now that TrueCrypt have been through mm-hmm. its NCC group, um, you know validations, and they've signed it off. And the guys at VeraCrypt have really uh, improved the uh, cryptography and some of the um, key generation in VeraCrypt. I think that is now um, a genuine alternative to TrueCrypt. So there's a one-click installer. You know, for that, for those people that have got TrueCrypt volumes, that really need to stop using TrueCrypt now, <laughs> there's a solution for you to import your TrueCrypt volume, bring it up to date with the latest. Oh,
0: love um, it! That's wonderful. Makes it nice and easy to move over.
4: Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, it, it does a whole heap of things, and as you say, you know, for most people, this will. So I, I, I haven't cooked this up you know, out of thin air. This is actually made by talking to actual people that use the distribution or use other operating mm-hmm. systems and trying to understand what they need. And it is more geared towards people who just need a helping hand to get started. But that asynchronous technique is also convenient for someone like me who, when I install a new machine, you know,
0: boom, boom, I boom, can boom. just go down we'll list, right install, yeah. install, that's install, install,
4: install, yeah. walk away, make a cup of tea and come back and all my stuff's installed.
0: So um, uh, this is, uh, I mean, so that's, the, I mean, that's just the welcome screen, but there's also one of the things that you, uh, I saw also updated was uh, Mate tweak, which I think is kind of maybe uh-huh. a nice point to underscore because I don't know if people realize when they install it, you can go in here and you can actually turn on a whole bunch of more stuff and tweak a whole bunch of stuff. So not to stop yeah. the welcome screen, but I also wanted you to touch on the tweak screen or the new tweak app or the updates to the tweak app too.
4: Yeah. So Mate Tweak is uh, distribution agnostic. Right. I forked it from Mint Desktop. So it's a utility that is shipped in Mint, Mint Desktop. I forked it from there and then stripped out all of the Mint's specific stuff and then made it des- uh, distribution agnostic so it'll it'll run on any distribution so it's n- not pinned to debian or ubuntu it runs on arch just fine and some people stuck it in the aur but this enables you to uh one click activate compis for example right um so just like ubuntu used to do back in the day you used to go into those extra options and turn on extra animations and compis would come on there's a drop down to enable compis. and it's also got a facility to um somewhat uh reproduce the look and feel of other desktop environments uh, outside of the linux world and within so Hmm. you've got a a theme called redmond which looks uh much like windows xp (laughs) a theme called cupertino which looks like mac os 10 and then um within there I've, I've changed the layout slightly i've improved the the way the ui works so now um there's the enable indicators which enables the app indicator capabilities of ubuntu underneath the hood if you nice. want app indicator support it's a tick box away or the advanced menu the advanced menu again is forked from the mint utilities that's the mint menu which again I've forked and made distribution agnostic. So this is something you can install on any distribution running Mate and it gives you that um, Mint desktop and I've sort of stripped out all of the bits that are specific to Mint and, and made it something that you can run anywhere. And that's those two utilities are sort of those um, sort of value-add that give sort of Ubuntu Mate some of its identity, you know, that distinguish it from, from the other the other distributions.
0: Right. Very much so. And uh, it, uh, it makes me wonder, uh, the next thing that comes to mind is why I'd love to have somebody have all these things but not have to worry about them upgrading their distro in nine months, is what is the likelihood that any of this stuff ever makes it any further back down to, say, like an LTS release? Is that even possible?
4: Uh, well, definitely it's going to be in 16.04.
0: So right. going forward, all right. So I guess they'd I'd, I'd have to wait. So if somebody today wanted to set up a, an LTS laptop, they'd kind of have oh, to either right. kind of wait or, no. go, or go with 1510 and then update.
4: Well, you've got a number of options. There is an Ubuntu Mate 14.04 release, which is based mm-hmm. on the Ubuntu LTS release strategy. Those two utilities that you're looking at there have been backported. So Ubuntu Mate Welcome and Mate Tweak have been backported to 14.04. So if you want them, they're there. Now, the thing is, I didn't appreciate this at the time, but the gap between Ubuntu Mate 14.04 and 15.10 is vast. So... My advice is if you're interested in trying out Ubuntu Mate today, install
0: 1510.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it, the, the best version we've made, the most polished version we've made, and one of the other things we've worked on in this release is that you can distribution release upgrade so i've upgraded all of my machines that i was on 1504 to 1510 using the internal upgrader i worked with the ubuntu foundations team to make Mm. sure that that stuff worked right so if you install 1510 today i will personally guarantee you can upgrade to 1604 in april
2: Wow, and Wimpy will fix it for you if it breaks. Yeah, well, I
0: mean, I was going to even with even if you didn't mention that, I was just going to say it seems like a pretty safe bet that yeah. since the gap between fifteen ten and sixteen oh four is yeah. small, you, you they are, should be Yeah, it's one to one. You should be able to upgrade pretty safely. So it seems like this would be the yeah. one to jump in at.
4: But but for me, uh, I've I've recently rediscovered my love affair with Bluetooth. So um, <laughs> something the Mate team have been working on for a while now is uh, helping the new maintainer of Blue Man in Blue Man Two to oh, fruition.
0: Very and nice. That's great. Complete that. Yes. So Blue yes, Man please. Two
4: also features in 1510, and Ubuntu Mate is not the only right. flavor to take advantage of Blue Man Two. Oh shoot! But awesome. also the underlying stack has been upgraded as well to Blues 5.35 rather than right. an extremely old version of Blues 4. Right. So consequently, I'm now able to do um, uh, Bluetooth, you know, sharing over, you know, network sharing and connecting to beautiful. The, uh, beautiful, headsets yeah. and beautiful. speakers and stuff.
0: Very recently, things I've become more and more, um, <clears throat> I've wanted more and more as I've sometimes been in the rover without connectivity. Then I just want to move a file from my phone to the desktop. And I just want to move that file yep. between these two devices, and I just have Bluetooth as my available option. That should be easy. Yeah, yeah, that should be. Uh, so I mean, I do I so uh, it also feels like we are now really reaching the point where fourteen oh four, even with its updates, even the uh, the point updates, fourteen oh four is beginning to feel very old. And um, I, uh, I, you know, we have a machine here in studio now. That is dual booting, and one of the systems it's booting is Ubuntu fifteen ten, and I think I'm going to stay there for a while and go to sixteen oh four because I don't think I can go back. Who's uh, who's clicking there, Wes? Who is that? Who's click-a-licking? Who's a You see,
1: that's Swift.
0: All right, Swift, ah. Swift, uh, or Swift. Maybe Swift needs to move up to the staging area for a minute. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so what I was just what I was just saying is uh, I just very recently went through this debate as I was. Uh, setting up this machine here in the studio, thinking, well, I might as well just stay at 1510 for a while. Just
2: yeah, hang out there. check out there.
0: And then go to sixteen That'd be better than this. Generally,
4: 1510 is a really solid release.
0: Yeah, that was my experience in the review testing that we did. There's
4: an awful lot of effort. But, you know, behind the scenes, having some involvement with some of the people at Canonical now and, and, and being able to see what goes on sort of behind the scenes on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. To say there's... Uh, whilst... Visually on he's the surface... See, he's seen how might the sausage is made. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I you have. didn't get grossed uh, out. I'll, I'll give you an example. <laughs> if you look at it on the surface, you might not think Ubuntu Software Centre has changed, but I know it has. So at the back end, Ubuntu Software Centre has actually seen some bug fixing and improvements hmm. that you won't appreciate, you know, through the through the UI because the version number is the same but if you go and look at the change logs you can actually see that the Ubuntu desktop team have been working on this well that's stuff. a statement and right there if I haven't heard one there's before a whole, there's a whole heap of things like that that I've now got an insight to and a, an appreciation yeah. of you know but, that um, has been I, I didn't previously have
0: that has been a universal experience of mine every time we've gone in and worked with any any a lot of these companies that work in this field is that there's a lot of work and things that get done that they are, A, just not very good at communicating because they don't have the time, they don't see the need, or the people who would be communicating don't see the need or aren't connected to the people making the change. Or there's legal reasons a lot of the times, too, that they can't say anything. Or, you know, there's, there's thousands. and But every time we go in there, it's like, wow, you guys are really working really hard, even though from the outside we don't see it all the time. It's universally really much been the case, uh, and I'm usually very impressed. So uh, And, I, you know, speaking of impressed, very impressed by uh, Ubuntu Mate 1510. I think that's... Becoming the default recommendation, and somebody wants to try Linux, I think this is that this is the go to especially if they're coming from uh, a windows or Mac desktop
2: even yeah, definitely it's, it's very the, approachable yeah. yeah
0: I mean unless well. there's a specific reason they would need gnome three or unity, it just to me seems if, if there's not a specific reason for that because even on a, even on a brand new machine they 're going to have a good performance
2: yeah, definitely and all
4: the apps Personal, they could want if, if ubuntu mate is the gateway drug for people to find linux i would be perfectly happy to be that gateway distribution that people find linux through
0: well, there you yeah, go very noble well said
4: if you, if you use ubuntu mate and you like it and then it, it, it wets your palate and you want to go on and find you know other stuff then great job well done i think if that's that, if that's the position we hold in in the ubuntu distro community
0: so uh if you give it a try let us know linuxactionshow.reddit.com and uh find uh, episode 116 and I wanted to also give Simonk 2 a, a chance to mention about his excitement for uh, 1604. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was actually I think I'm actually really really excited for 1604 because I don't know if it, I think it was Tech Republic that posted an article and I I kind of agree with this. Um where six, 16.04 is probably going to be a very exciting release because well specifically for ubuntu unity because it unity 8 is going to come around the corner. I don't know if it's going to be 16.04 or what their plans are, but I think this it, it's going to start to pick up pace not only with not only with ubuntu unity but with with other flavors um so I really think this will be this will be one of the um, we'll see. Yeah. If if 16
0: yeah. or is 16.04 going to be Relatively simple and straightforward, but yet with some nice features. And 1610 is going to blow your freaking mind.
3: Yeah, probably. Something around there, something around there, within the next couple of years, I I think it'll drastically change. Um, Stay
0: tuned and find out. (laughs) I love it
2: keep watching uh, this show.
0: Okay, so uh, we have some we have uh we have a big win for Linux users to get into. We still have the Intel discussion to talk about. Also, uh we have to discuss this uh you don't own your uh your operating system therefore it can be decrypted and the new Linux laptop and we have some emails to get into. So, I'm going to take Ooh. a second here. I'm going to tell y'all about Linux Academy. Yeah, I want to talk to you about Linux Academy right now. Go to linuxacademy.com slash unplugged to get our special Linux Unplugged discount and then give a tour, if you will, of their different features. I think you'll be pretty impressed. It's Linux users that got together with developers and teachers to make something really great. And it's not – oh, here's what I love about Linux Academy is it's not just a, an attempt at covering Linux and open source stuff. It is truly what they are passionate about. They have step-by-step video courses, comprehensive comprehensive study guides, and the the courses as well uh, have come with instructor help, so you're not on your own necessarily. You can can contact a real human being instructor and get help. There's a great community stacked full of Jupyter Broadcasting members. The courses come with their own lab servers, seven plus Linux distributions you get to choose from because they get that there's different distros you might need to learn on. You can keep track of your progress as you go, and they've been rolling out brand new features. Rather than just checking solutions, you'll now get instant feedback. So you don't have to just try something, submit it, and see how it does and get scored. You can get immediate feedback when performing ex- exercises. And then you can know if you need to make a change to do it correctly. There's a new learning tool that's part of Linux Academy membership at no additional cost that really adds some nice functionality. Like they're applying this new tool to build performance-based practice exams for, for certs, such as the RHCSA and the Linux Foundation certs. Now, those Red Hat certifications are a serious Thing that people really
2: get stressed out about, and spend and, a lot of time and effort trying to get. Yeah, so the fact that they're building this
0: performance-based practice exam, I think, is really slick, really well done, and 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 it's for finally for people that are Linux users that have certain high expectations of of what the what is being taught to them and not just like this basic stuff that's coming from somebody who's just doing you know a professional read but actually somebody who wrote sat down and wrote the material instructors that are familiar with it when you need help scenario based labs you actually work with this stuff in a production live environment a real lab server where you can ssh into and do the actual work i think it's really nice and they also launched their professional development certification platform it's a new set of tests that are very targeted um, and a lot different than professional certifications. So there's a, lot of new, there's a lot of new ways to challenge yourself. There's also tools available when you have limited availability that will automatically adjust the courseware to match your availability. You combine that with the video streams. It's really pretty neat. And then, last but not least, you can deep dive into single topics with their nuggets. You go there 2 to 60 minutes long, learn something really simple like how to use IP tables, how to use RSync, how to use Samba, how to set up Samba for this or that, just really specific topics and it's really nice because they're all really quick or at least very specific. And I really think you should check out their lab systems. It's really cool. The fact that it comes with the lab is a nice feature, too, because if you're doing some of the AWS courses, you don't have to worry about setting up all that stuff. They'll take care of all of that for you as part of the integrated lab platform.
2: It's really cool. No surprise, AWS bills. That's a big thing. Yeah,
0: that has bit me. Linuxacademy.com unplug unplugged. Go check them out. And a big thank you, Linux Academy, for sponsoring the Unplugged program. You guys are rocking, and that new October update is huge, huge. If you uh, sign up, you can go read more about it, and go uh, check out their community section as well. It's very nice, linuxacademy.com slash unplugged. Thanks, Linux Academy. All right, so uh, BRTMR wrote into the show. And he says, I was not satisfied with podcatchers for the command line, so I built my own, and it's called PodFox." Now, I don't know how, how do you catch your podcast right now, Wes? How do you catch your podcast? How many podcasts you subscribe to, Wes?
2: Oh, maybe on the order of 10. 10
0: okay. To, yeah, it's 10 a, to yeah, that's actually almost exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, how do you download them?
2: Are you familiar with curl? I, are you serious? Well, no, actually, I use uh, Aria 2, <laughs> oh. but it is it is in the terminal. That's uh, <laughs> that's usually how it goes for me.
0: Really? Yes. Okay, so this might be perfect for you. So Podfox is a podcatcher for the terminal. I'm loving this yeah. logo here. Yeah, yeah that is good. Right? That is good. It's a work in progress, uh, but it is got a nice simple directory structure. Uh, every podcast identified with its own short name, and you—I think you were checking this out a little bit ago. Uh, what do you think about something like this? With—I uh, mean—you're doing a dozen
2: shows manually. That does sound crazy now that I think about it. But yeah, that's what I have. been have doing. Have you tried Bash Potter too? I have not actually. No. Okay, okay, So maybe maybe I should give PodFox a shot here. Wow. I, I mean, I like Python. It looks neatly I, int- implemented. I thought for sure your answer was going to be on your phone. Oh yeah. Well, actually, no, I do it the reverse. I usually download it on my computer and stick it in my sync thing folder, and then it syncs yeah. to my phone.
0: So tell me, IRC, how do you, uh, IRC Room, what do you use? Like, what's the app name or the tool you use to download your podcast? And then uh, Mumble Room, uh, I'm curious, is anybody in the Mumble Room also using the command line right now to download your podcast?
1: <laughs>
0: Stay with me, brothers. Me. You're used to, Popey? What do you use? Okay, what, how yeah, did you do What do you use now? There's a
1: tool called uh, HPodder. Oh yes, I used oh yes, to use oh yeah. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. which is why it's called HPot. I used to use that, but now actually I have an iPad one that is pretty much useless for anything because no apps work on it anymore and there's no software updates. Right. So I just have it sat there with the Apple Podcast app running and it downloads my podcast from iTunes and I sit and listen and that's the only thing it does.
0: <laughs> like I said, it's a decent enough speaker too, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah,
2: okay, so sort of a mobile setup there. Um, do you see they have a TechSnap as one of the example URLs here? No, I didn't see yeah. that. Are you serious? Uh, it looks that's, like
0: it. That's really funny. Where Where do I go to see that? Go down to uh, import, and then, yeah, you're right, the TechSnap MP3 feed. I love them already. Well, I'm glad I came across them. That's just that's funny. No, I was just uh, checking this out. Oh, well, he he did submit it to the Linux Action Show subreddit, so that makes sense. That makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, the TechSnap MP3 feed. That's a popular feed. Yeah, that's that, some great stuff there. That's a good commuter show. I got to say, if you haven't listened to the TechSnap show, you throw that. I mean, you could look at Alan Jude's face if you want. But it See, for pretty... me, it's his voice. It
2: keeps me calm yeah. when you're sitting in traffic. Right? Especially when he's talking about ZFS. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, I, so, okay, YouTube. I'm seeing uh, YouTube DL. Uh, what are podcast ass looks for me. Somebody kick him out of here. Uh Rick, says he streams all on YouTube. Beyond Pod on Android. Hmm. Anybody else in the in the uh, mumble room have a shout out for the podcatching software they use?
4: Pocketcasts.
0: Yeah, Pocketcasts is one of my favorites. I totally agree. Oh yeah, Wimpy, that's what you use for the how for like the 20 podcasts you subscribe to.
4: Yep, Pocketcasts and occasionally I send those via ChromeCast, but almost exclusively through Pocketcasts.
0: Yeah. And on the uh on the internet phones, uh the Overcast from the Marco Armit is really good. It's free now. And uh, it, one of the nice things, this is, if you get a, and Pocket Cast does this too, if uh, you get a podcast player for your phone, it's really nice to have it sync with a web player. Oh, yeah. Because when I, if I've been driving and the podcast gets really interesting and I park, I oftentimes want to go in and finish it on my computer speakers, which are usually pretty nice, yep. and listen to the podcast there. So to have the podcast mobile app sync with the web app is really nice. Ooh, that sounds like a feature I would like. Yeah, it is. So you should check out Pocket Cast or Overcast if you want to get an internet phone. Uh Yeah. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> apparently we woke up Alan. Now Alan's in the chat room. Sorry, Alan. We love you. Everybody say TechSnap is awesome. And uh, ZFS rocks in the chat room. Uh, all right. So uh, you can go check it out. So moving on from there, uh, Wes, you caught this one today. This uh, came out uh, today as we're recording. It is a... Uh, Release or a media alert. Media alert, media alert. Hold on, we should we should do this legit style. Do you want to do this legit style? Let's do it. All right, here we go. It's a media alert, everybody.
5: This is CNN breaking news.
0: All right, from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a media alert is coming in here uh, that is actually a pretty big deal. Uh, It's actually good news because I started the day with bad news because CISA is raging through the U.S. right now. And uh, net neutrality just got a piss in the EU. So I was like, I was just nothing nothing but bad news this morning. But today the EFF made a post that says the Librarian of Congress has granted security researchers and others the right to inspect and modify the software in their cars and other vehicles despite protests from vehicle
2: manufacturers. They would protest.
0: Well, this has, been, this has become a big deal that we've the, – the, those, those of us who have grumbled about uh, the proprietary software in our cars have been talking about for a while but really came to light with the Volkswagen yeah. uh, stuff. Uh, so th- the, the fact that this Volkswagen scandal with the, uh, with the cover-ups and is, is really sort of put this – sort of per- forced this issue through, I think. And this is, this is a big, big win for the end user. Uh, they say this access control rule is supposed to pr- – this is the, what uh, the manufacturer is using to block access. They say this access control rule is supposed to protect against harmful and unlawful copying, said the EFF staff attorney. But as we've seen in recent Volkswagen scandal where VW was caught manipulating some tests, it can be used instead to hide wrongdoing hidden in computer code. The EFF also won an exemption for users who want to play video games after the publisher cuts off support. Yeah. (laughs) For example, some players may need to modify an old video game so it doesn't... uh they say so. Yeah, some players may need to modify... Oh, yeah, because this is what you're not getting in trouble for now. Some players may need to modify an old video game so it doesn't perform a check with the authentication server that has been shut down. The librarian also granted the EFF's petition to renew previous exemption to jailbreak smartphones and extend that to other mobile devices, including tablets and smartwatches. It's
2: really upsetting to me that... We have to get this as an exception that's occasionally granted by the librarian of Congress, but I'm still very glad that it's continuing to be the case it's yeah. like a a subtle win for digital ownership that we kind of subscribe to
0: yeah it's like a it's like a continued win of something we should already
2: just have yes exactly that should be enshrined and we shouldn't have to get it renewed every yeah. so often yeah but thank you e f f
0: yeah I guess they uh i mean what this really is is it's it's sort of it's sort of working around the uh the rules of the proprietary software vendors try to put in there which we are going to be talking more about in a moment. So uh let's uh, not go too far down there. Uh while we're in the uh things that the west came across that made us scratch our head this week category <laughs> because I think you also <laughs> sent this in this morning uh, when we were chatting. Uh this is a real interesting uh this is a real interesting piece on the invisiblethings.org blog which is uh also where you would find cubes OS. Um and I I uh I'm just going to read it to you, and uh, then we'll see what to make of it. So today, I'm releasing this first paper. Finally, you can see the PDF or EPUB here. As mentioned, this paper is mostly a survey of the various problems and attacks presented against the x86 platform over the last 10 years. And, uh, boy, is it. It is is basically a... uh, It is a litany list of issues with x86 that basically, to me, look like it condemned the platform, because there's so many different vulnerabilities built in. Uh, So uh, they start with the BIOS, the root trust of everything, uh, bad SIM, SSMs. Uh, Then they go on to talk about UEFI. They talk about some of the stuff Intel's built in for management. And then from there, it's networking devices, of course, USB devices, the graphic subsystem, disc controllers, audio cards, microphone speakers, cameras, embedded controllers, Intel management engines... The bottom line is specifically Intel x86-based machines are just extremely, extremely vulnerable. No way is about it. Is that essentially what you got from it too?
2: Yes. I mean, I think a lot of what they're talking about as well is just the amount, you know, the instruction architecture is not necessarily bad. I mean, it might be old and crufty now. People have different opinions on that. But the amount of microcode and other things that runs without the running operating system's knowledge or intervention in any way has made it so that efforts, you know, from the open source community to make secure kernels that are running on, you know, verified hardware, you can never trust it now. You know, it's similar to what we see in cell phones. Yeah, it's very much like that baseband that has its own... It can reach right into memory and, you know, stops the regular processor in its tracks. So uh, let's just, we'll just
0: roll with a theory here that x86 is a very vulnerable platform. You know who I wouldn't want to necessarily be right now? Wouldn't want to be Windows. That's because they're really, really tied to this. I feel like this is something that Linux is going to be much better at rolling with if I don't know what we'd roll to, but let's just you know, we're just going with this this theory here. If this is really a big deal, uh it seems like this this would be something much quicker for Linux to respond to than it would be for Windows or Apple to respond right. to. Assuming
2: that, you know, we could get the headwind to change major architecture that is used by, you know, the computing public. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Wimpy? Is it possible? Does it is it all in the hands of the distros, or could it just be a um, maybe like maybe one big uh, distro comes out and says, "All right, we're releasing for this laptop," and they, you know, who knows how it could happen? There could be there could be there could be something there. But what are your thoughts?
4: Well, all the big distributions are making their um, platforms available um, for other architectures. But when you look at DistroWatch, there's 800-some Linux distributions Mm -hmm. almost exclusively aimed at, you know, PC, the Intel chipset. Of those, there's about 20 or so that are uh, are aimed at ARM platforms. And if you're a distribution maintainer, it's very difficult for you to differentiate yourself from everybody else if you've got eight other distributions to, you know, compete against in air quotes but if there's only 20 distributions on arm for example or half that on power pc and power pc is still a thing you know people think of the old mm-hmm. power pc on the g4s but you can buy you know new power pc based equipment uh, you know there's the amiga one uh x1000 x5000 and x500 devices Then, you know, if you're building for those architectures, then you're also, you know, just hedging your bets for the future because the trend is ARM is becoming the consumer chip platform. And, Hmm. you know, you still want a foot in the Intel camp for serious gaming and professional workstations. You can't ignore that. And obviously, at the moment, despite the energy efficiency of ARM, you want Intel in the data center. But um, you, as, as a distribution maintainer, you can't not be looking at those uh, alternate architectures.
0: I, I, I do agree to an extent. It's an interesting, so it's an interesting thought that you put forward is that ARM is going to become the consumer platform. And uh, kind of the concession that you're making there when you say that is uh, consumers don't need a lot of CPU power
4: well they need some hardware acceleration for things for um media consumption and they need some degree of 3D performance for casual gaming um and it's only when you get into the serious gaming arena and professional workstations that you actually need to step out of the arm arena where that isn't isn't yet and it could well be i mean i think it has,
0: will I, think, I mean i think I you think look I at some should, of the yeah. latest generation of CPUs and GPUs coming out for yeah. arm and it's
4: I have to say, I think most of the ARM stuff is driven by economy at the moment rather than, you know, technology. And I think ARM is far more capable um, than people are paying for. So I think it could well be, you know, the next platform. You know, I I really do think it's a a contender. Um, But, you know, we should be gearing up, you know, our distributions to support these platforms yeah. uh, so just thinking you know if you're being myopic and saying oh well i'm laser focused on uh, um intel 64 bit right well i tell you what you're you're missing a trick there there's what is it that i, I think in february the raspberry pi foundation said they'd sold five million raspberry Pis wow. in two years you know if you extrapolate the numbers out they must be clearing CILI and approaching 7 million by now. Right now there are there are two Linux desktop operating systems, soon to be a third in, in the guise of Lubuntu desktop operating systems available for the Raspberry Pi 2. So do you want to be competing against 800 distributions on Intel or do you want to be one of the three right. with yep. 7 million devices? Um yeah, you need you need to be you need to be gearing up to ARM um, and, like I say, PowerPC isn't dead. PowerPC is massive in the data center. This is what's driving these uh, these new uh, IBM mainframes.
0: Yeah, that actually all rings pretty. Well, let's true. be
4: clear, they're not PowerPC. They're power. Well, it's yeah, the architecture. The power is architecture. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's the linear. Yeah,
0: and also there is still a pretty. Which healthy... by the way, has
4: very similar problems to the x86.
0: There, uh, there's still also, I mean, a crap ton of literally power PC desktop machines on eBay. There's still a crap yeah. ton of those things getting sold. Uh, so, I, and, I, and I don't know if we could really walk away from this conversation without admitting that ARM probably is riddled with its own issues, too. It's not like ARM is some sort of savior platform that doesn't have security vulnerabilities, and not to mention it's always going to come down yeah. to implementation.
2: And you have to trust the, you know, right. whoever's manufacturing them anyway. Right, yeah. I and mean, when you have physical access
0: to a device, it doesn't matter what the CPU architecture is, there's going to be vulnerabilities. Uh, because all these ARM chips, all these ARM systems also have USB buses, so those, is there the same vulnerability there? But I, I, but I think the, all the underlying points that Wimpy just made and the point that I'm trying to make too is that uh, Linux is specifically at a just technical advantage to roll with this. I think Wimpy underscores a good point, though, that really just out of the box, good-to-go consumer-focused distros that anybody could use, we're really lacking that right now. And I hadn't really thought about it because when I think about it, I think of – I think of Raspbian and I think of Arch and that's what I run on the Raspberry Pis. And I don't really think yeah, about it.
4: And, and unless you're up to speed with Arch, you've got to augment that into a desktop distribution. Right now you've got Raspbian, uh, Ubuntu Mate and soon Lubuntu. And then, and then you've got, you know, things like RISCOS and you've got other distributions. There are other distributions out there but they are not desktop right. focused. Yeah you know end user focused and whilst the raspberry pi 2 is just about capable of being a desktop replacement it's not about what what's there now for example odroid if you buy an odroid and an emmc chip uh with ubuntu pre-installed as your linux distribution rather than android when you plug that in and boot it it's ubuntu with the mate desktop now it's not ubuntu mate but it is ubuntu and the mate desktop mm. and they've got the fortunate position that their gpu has also got open source drivers so you've mm. got all of that 3d stuff all accelerated out of the box and raspberry pi is very very close to you know delivering their uh, accelerated drivers for x So I think Linux 4.4 is targeted for the initial version. that doesn't have all of the 3D acceleration yet, but, you know, it's coming. So this is why I've ported every Ubuntu flavor to the Raspberry Pi 2, because when that driver is available, every Ubuntu version is ready to go.
0: I uh I yeah I I agree with you when the when the horsepower gets there I think you could see um there's machines here in the studio I could even see replacing
2: it, to a certain degree so and it seems like we're only on the the start of that you know like the desktop Computer revolution really had gave Intel the funds to yeah, work on their fabrication technique. That's true. That's what we're going to see now in the arm. Yeah, apps, the, and the phones know? are definitely they're really adding a lot of fuel to that development right. fire. Apple pays all that money to get those A nines manufactured. Yeah, yeah. That uh, investment gets and Samsung
0: out. is Samsung is building
2: a lot of those, so that's not all lost.
0: Even when they're right. building the Apple chips, that can't all be lost R and D. R and D they, they have. That machinery, right? They have all. I don't know. It's they They they, learn from this, right? Exactly. Uh, And so, I I would say for me, it's nowhere near ready. Nowhere near. I mean, like I like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I just can't even see it for years for me. But I could see it for my kids already, and uh, I could see it for a lot of people in a lot of different work work roles very soon, if not already. So it's very cool. All right, so I want to move on from this, and I want to discuss uh, this uh, EULA situation that uh, is very uncomfortable because it's a bad, bad precedent, and uh, I think it's one that uh, might be a good talking point for us that are discussing with users, why would you want to maybe use uh, Linux over Windows 10? Why would you want to maybe use uh, uh, the Ubuntu phone over Android or something like that? Uh, Well, this might be the number one talking point from here on out, I would think. But uh, first, I want to tell you about our friends at DigitalOcean. That's where I have my servers Back in the day, before DigitalOcean, i uh, I was all about uh, I was all about Proxmox. I was all about Proxmox. I was if I needed a server, I'd spin up a Proxmox VM. Have You ever messed with, mess with
2: Proxmox? Only a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I've heard some good things. And you from, probably uh, mess with virtual. Maybe box. you. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah.
0: That's so. You know, like okay. So what would I? I would go get like my best Core i7 PC, and I put this. I'd put a bunch of RAM in it and a bunch of hard drives in it of ver- various quality. And I would put that in my garage, and that would be how I would do my like virtualized
2: Frankenstein monster. Yeah, and that, w- that yeah.
0: worked for basically always about a year before, for some reason, it completely blew up. And uh, now, now I now I'm like big time. Now I'm like I walk in, I'm like a boss. I'm like, yeah, I have uh, infrastructure in the cloud. I have data centers in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, Germany. and I just I got an knew, API. Got a new one up in Toronto. Yeah, I got it. It's it's straightforward that API. Uh, you know, and uh, one click deployment of things like GitLab, Docker, one of the first to deploy Docker. Yeah. Wow, wow Chris. I'm my impressed. data center is, my data center is DigitalOcean. Yeah, I know. It's a big, it's a big surprise. DigitalOcean, if you use the promo code DO plug you can get a $10 credit, and you can try out DigitalOcean two months for free. The $5 rigs, Wes, I'm telling you, I, I think just about every time you come in here, you sit down and log into a droplet in some form or another. Yeah, that's pretty much is true. Is that Quasal the, a Core there running
2: off of? It Did sure it? is. Yeah, at
0: a boy, Wes, yeah, I got my Quasal Core running off of DigitalOcean droplet, too. Seriously, if you use IRC for work... Or for communications, you should be looking at Quasl and Quassel Core, and put Quassel Core on DigitalOcean Droplet. Worth five dollars right
2: there. Oh yeah, and it's real easy to get set up. It is. It just always yeah. runs. It's at, just right
0: there. For trust you. me. It is. It makes. It, you know what you'll do if you do that is you'll be like, why did we ever use anything but IRC? Yep. Why is Twitter a thing? Why is Slack a thing? Why are we even using email? Really? Why are we not using IRC for all the things? Anyways, there's a lot of different things, like SyncThing, OwnCloud, uh, like I mentioned earlier, GitLab, BitTorrent Sync. We do a big distribution for BitTorrent Sync for our Unfilter show. Lots of people sync from that, all powered by DigitalOcean Droplets. It's really a cool system. And one of the really nice things, if you need, like, a back-end storage rig... There is some really cool solutions when you use private networking with DigitalOcean. The data sent between machines on the private networking doesn't go against your transfer. Even though you get a terabyte of transfer, you can use private network to do like Even back-end more. caching, proxying, or a back-end file server. And they have a really good interface to manage all of this. So for $5 a month, you can get 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. DigitalOcean is nuts, son. They're crazy. I want you to go check them out. And they now also have floating IPs. So that way when you go big... When uh, when you're like uh, when you're Ubuntu Mate and you're like uh, you're going big, you know, or, big. yeah, you want or you know, you want to be fancy and you want to have a big launch day. They got floating IPs.
2: You can scale out
0: however just, you need. Just move it around. Just move it floats. It floats. That's fancy. You know what? Things in the cloud float. Yeah. What I like about DigitalOcean too, it's all running on top of Linux. They use KVM as the virtualization platform. Uh, which some other providers out there that you may have heard of before are kind of kicking
2: themselves for. No
0: kidding. They're kind of like, I wish I would have gone KVM.
2: The best thing about KVM, you get that you get your own kernel right there, you know? Mm-hmm. You get all the new fancy kernel features. You yeah. want C groups, you yes, want IP tables, like whatever you want. Yeah. It's right there.
0: And that means they're able to roll out the newer distros way before other yeah. guys are, like, too, which is really cool. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code Unplug to support the show and get a $10 credit and a big thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring Linux Unplugged. You guys rock. All right. So, just let's talk about this from a General Linux perspective. Uh, the DOJ dismisses Apple's argument against encrypting iOS, and to Apple's credit, uh, they have been fighting this case, trying to say that uh, they, they, you know, it'll do them harm if they have to unlock it. And they say they can't unlock anything iOS eight or above. However. Um, the federal court is not agreeing. The U.S. government rejected Apple's argument in federal court that unlocking iOS devices for police would damage the tech giant's public image because they've done it before. <laughs> Boom. Apple designed, manufactured, and sold the phone that is subject to the search warrant, the government told U.S. Magistrate Judge James. But this is only the beginning of Apple's relationship to the phone and this matter. Apple wrote, uh, uh, Apple owns the software and runs the phone, their argument is, and the software is thwarting the execution of the warrant. The software is thwarting the execution of the warrant. In the Justice Department's filing in the case involving the iPhone discovered on the suspect, he's indicted for a a drug possession, meth. Um, And this is an ongoing battle. Uh, Apple uh, filed a brief saying, in most cases now and in the future, it would be impossible for it to extract encrypted data from an iOS device. Uh, But uh, they dismissed the argument, says Apple's uh, Apple's burden is not provable since they've done this before, and... They also uh, – moving ahead here, they say uh, Apple Apple is – Apple should be able to unlock it. The government's argument is essentially that Apple has never really objected to this case and the fact that they have set up guidelines by which they will comply uh, doesn't stop them from objecting in a particular case. But they have the ability to do it here and that clearly the judge was concerned. Um, Apple also warned that if it was forced to routinely decrypt data for law enforcement, its employees could theoretically be subpoenaed in every case to provide expert testimony – they cited a previous case uh, where um, an actual employee who did the decrypting ended up getting hauled into court uh, because he then saw the evidence. So just the, like the, the technician that had to do the decrypting. Wow. Yeah. So this is, there's several things Apple's trying to fight against, having to, uh, having to do future decrypting, having to uh, bring its employees into court if they do the decrypting, uh, and now – This argument that uh, Apple's software licensing agreement specifies that iOS software is licensed, not sold, quote-unquote, and that users are merely granted a, quote, limited, non-exclusive license uh, to use the iOS software. So in their argument, because it's the software preventing the decryption and Apple owns the software, not the user, Apple must decrypt it because the users don't own the software.
2: Yeah, I like how they came back and said that. You know, Well, you guys have been claiming for so long now that uh, it's your software, that you're Mm -hmm. just licensing it, so –
3: Proprietary can't have software both sides of is that.
0: not ethical. Yeah, you know, what, you know what else makes
3: me think of malicious functionality, mm-hmm. perverting free software. That program, although it may be attractive, is really a trap. I, I think Never all of those told.
0: all of those statements are correct. Yep. All of those statements, he's right. RMS is right. Uh, I mean, uh, he, uh, this this blows my mind. Uh, this, their argument is literally that because you don't own the software, you license the software the manufacturer should be able to decrypt it. And they might actually get this. They might actually win on that argument. They might actually be able to convince the judge of that.
2: Maybe Apple will take their uh, security claims seriously enough and change their licensing agreement. Probably not, though. That would be, I guess, the best direct fix, right? Right. I mean, they've already got the encryption going on, you know, 8 and 9. But, but doesn't this seem like
0: the biggest argument, like out of all of the arguments... I mean, doesn't this really fundamentally prove why it's important to own your own software?
2: Yes, I think so.
0: Like, this is, like, to me, seems like the biggest, the biggest bullet point for that. Uh, and uh, there was a post that I caught recently titled, Richard Stallman is the hero the internet needs. And a few bullet points. Uh, he warned of the growing danger of DRM in the great story The Right to Read in 1997. He warned about DRM in 97. He refuses to own a cell phone on the grounds that it might be used as a tracking or covert listening device. Slightly paranoid, but looks increasingly possible. Stallman considers cloud computing. <laughs> yeah. Stallman considers cloud computing dangerous in 2008. He thought uh, this would sound like an alarmist. Now nobody trusts the cloud. He always held the pro- proprietary software could not be trusted. Windows 10's shady behavior
2: proves that point. You mean the Windows 10 I'm running here in the studio, mm-hmm. Chris? hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But he was right. He has been right. Yeah. He all has, these... He's been
0: consistently on the ball there yeah so uh i I don't know there's if it, does anybody in the Mu room have thoughts on the, the euLAs and and not owning the software and the ramifications that we we're, we're just now beginning to understand
5: I'm really so reading the, the, the
0: Go ahead, North Ranger well if uh you know if the, if the idea behind
5: copyright is for the benefit of the public uh, to secure for authors a limited time. Um, there's really no limits at this point as far as the government's concerned.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, I know two other people. Who else wanted to speak up? I caught that. Next, go ahead, and whoever goes first can have it. That's not a very good system, is it? Nope, free for all. All right. This is unplugged, after all. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Uh, Go ahead. Sean, Casey, let Sean go first.
0: All right, Sean, go ahead.
5: Uh, I was just saying, like, given the fact that basically all software is licensed, do we really own any of it?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you'd, I guess you'd have to look into the individual
2: list for open source software. But I think if you have the code and you can modify it, functionally, you own it. Right. Um, it's at least closer to our pre-software definition of ownership than what you get with a Apple or Windows-style license.
0: And Casey, you were next? Or was it Sean that was next? Sorry, I can't see your names, guys. The screen's too small for me. I'm an old man now.
5: No, no, it was me, WW. Oh, okay. uh, Actually, ahead, WW. the EULA the for Windows 10, I plan on going over with him and looking at it. It's pretty horrendous when you see that, oh, we can use um, subject and um, the body of your email to just return user input. It's really bad.
0: Yeah, that is a particular, wow. that is a particular nasty one. And Heavens, you want to get a chance to jump in, too. Go ahead. Oh, we can't hear you.
1: Wow. While he's getting his mic fixed, I would say in the future, I look forward to the day when the DOJ hauls Richard Stallman into court and says that he has to... um, Speak for the fact that he created the license and all the stuff on my machine is licensed under GPL, and so he's responsible for the software that's on my machine.
0: There you go. There you go. That's a good twist. I like that. Uh, uh, Heavens, one more chance. Did you get uh, your mic working? Going once. I wonder what happened over there. What happened over there? Maybe Pulse Audio. That's everybody always goes to, right? Everybody always has to blame Pulse Audio. Uh, All right. Well, uh, heavens, I'll give you a chance to uh, troubleshoot that for a second. It was just a thought-provoking piece, and uh, I wanted to just kind of call it out because I think it underscores something a lot of us Linux and open source enthusiasts have been talking about for a long time. I'll tell you about something else I've been talking about. That's Ting, my mobile service provider. Ting is mobile that makes sense. It's only pay for what you use wireless. It's your minutes, your messages, and your megabytes. They add them up, whatever bucket you fall into, that's all you pay. It's $6 for the line, a great control panel, really enthusiastic customer service, and really good selection of devices, too. All these are unlocked, so you own them outright.
2: You can go to uh, linux.ting.com. Linux.ting.com. You know, Chris, I was doing the math yesterday trying to get my parents to switch to Ting. Mm. I looked at the last, uh, last year their Bill. They would save an average of $62 a month if they switched to Ting. That's a nice thing. Yeah, savings. these are real-world figures. I, nice. was, I did it yesterday. Yeah, when
0: you go to linux.ting.com, they have a savings calculator there on the front page. You makes it just, really easy. Yeah, you just plug it in there. And then, you know, so would they be getting more of a smartphone device or more of a feature phone device?
2: Well, this is on their current feature phone track. Mm. They're uh, maybe not the current most current people. So
0: they're, they're cool with feature phones?
2: Yeah, and Ting, Ting works great with that. And, you know, they've uh, they've been on another provider who um, their phones will just work right with Ting. They won't have, yeah. to, they won't oh, have to change nice. anything. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, the feature phone prices are ridiculous. And then, of course, I love right here that you can get the Moto X 2nd Gen for 299 unlocked, the Moto Nexus 6, or you can get the LG 5X.
2: Right, when they're ready to go to yep. that next level, Ting's got it all right there. You own the device outright.
0: It's nice. It's nice, including my S6 Edge. Uh, yeah, so you can check them out at linux.ting.com. I love their customer service. I love the way their uh, control panel works. It makes it really easy to manage my account. It's really easy also to pick between GSM and CDMA, so you can pick and choose which one better in your area and if you're a little savvy with Wi-Fi it's going to blow your mind with the savings blow your mind check it out linux.ting.com and a big thanks to Ting for sponsoring Linux Unplugged okay Evans did you get your mic working did you get it fixed going on once yes I believe I did alright you're a little testing yeah you're a little over you're a little hot but you, you're good you're coming in now so uh, what did you want, wrap, yeah, what we, you want to add on before we wrap up yeah what did you want to add on before we wrap up
5: It really
4: just applies to Apple's product, Apple software or possibly the Apple hardware. So if we have a hardware module which we own ourselves, which we hot, which they do not own, but their operating system APIs call, we could have our own owned decryption mm. keys, kind of like little you know here, or whatever or the SIM card.
0: That would be nice. But so it come down to the user owning the hardware and then just installing their OS on it. Uh, I wonder Which they would use,
4: and yeah. then it would go, bypass the ULIS agreement for us using their software or their OS. Huh.
0: That's an interesting mm-hmm. idea. Interesting. I wonder I wonder if that would ever actually happen. Ever happen, yeah. You know, so speaking of uh, hardware, uh, Yaome, I think is how you say it, uh, they have been pondering a Linux laptop for a while, and now the uh, folks over at OMG Ubuntu say... It's going to happen. Their long-rumored Linux laptop has been uh, kicked around, and we've covered it once before in its earliest stage. It looks like it's going to be a uh, 12.5-inch display and then another with a 13.3-inch display. The model with a 12.5-inch screen will be manufactured by Inventec, who also makes laptops for Acer and Toshiba and HP, with an uh, initial order of 250,000 units. The slightly larger device is being made by Compella Electronics, they also supposedly manufacture some Apple devices and various PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo game consoles, and Yame's is supposedly placing a 300,000 order unit with them. Hmm. Now, this would be shipping with their own version of Linux, they say?
2: Oh, interesting. Mm. Hopefully with yeah. not too much out-of-tree stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and now we no word even if it would be shipping uh, anywhere specifically. Uh, According to the same sources, they'll be priced cheaply but offer high performance. I like that. Just like the company's smartphones. So uh, probably going to debut in China, I would imagine, but maybe eventually make it over here. Is anybody interested to see what Yaumei could do? Actually, I don't think anybody in here was last time we talked about it. Has anybody changed their mind? No. Seems to be more popular online, though. We've gotten people sending to the show that are definitely looking forward to it.
2: I mean, I'm interested. I I don't know that I would necessarily get one, but I feel like – there's a couple, you know, 13, 14-inch laptops that people can look at. But really, they're, like 90% of the laptop field is boring, 15-inch, over, you know, it's like five pounds. It doesn't have a great resolution. If you're
0: coming into the laptop market today with a 12.5-inch or 13-inch laptop, you are probably targeting the MacBook Air, right? Right. And so then when you say that, I think, uh, I think light, thin, but decent performance. Right. Uh, But if you could just offer me a few things that the MacBook doesn't, like a couple more ports would be nice. Better Linux compatibility. Absolutely, that would be nice. Uh, Then maybe you got something here.
2: And it might be nice to invest. You know, maybe not, but it's nice to see clearly, you know, the Asus and Acer's of the world. They they have some stuff for us, but they're not really supporting our crowd very much. So we might might be able to support a new company who will leverage that.
0: Yeah, System76 has a laptop in this space. Uh, There's the Dell XPS. Then you can also go get yourself a ThinkPad. But... uh,
2: and maybe there's, it'll be terrible. I don't know. But there's still room be here. I interesting I to...
0: No, I think there is still room here for this. It, it, you put a really nice screen on there, you put a decent CPU in there, and maybe some uh, PCI Express storage. At the right price point?
2: Yeah.
0: I could be interested in that. I don't, I'm not really in the market right now. My XPS 13 does the job, but I could be interested in that. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody in the interested now? Anybody? Come on. I can't believe it. You guys, what do you... Like, I, you're I all a bunch, think... no, bunch of ThinkPad users. No, you're just
1: all a bunch of ThinkPad users. I would like... Uh, The problem is, chances are, it's going to only be available in China, probably have some wacky version of Linux that doesn't contribute upstream at all. And so if if I wanted to wipe that and put something else like Ubuntu Mate or Ubuntu proper... I will probably find the wireless doesn't work, or the touchpad yeah. skitty, yeah, or agree. whatever. I agree. And I and I don't want to have to buy something from China, find it doesn't work, and then end up putting it in a drawer or chucking it on eBay. I would rather know that it works, which is why I'm ve- veering towards a ThinkPad or a Dell XPS. So my question would be: contribute upstream.
0: Is it? Is it? My question would really be, is: it going to be more Chromebook than it is Linux laptop? Right. Uh, and you know, you know what? I just kind of remembered, incidentally is I believe my Librem 15 was supposed to arrive in September. Oh. It is now October.
2: We'll have to do some follow-up I? Yeah, Remember how I backed that?
0: I'm sure it's coming soon. Yep. I was told it was. Maybe it's on the
2: doorstep right now.
0: Maybe. It would still be late. Yeah. Uh, I would really like to do that. All right, Swift, you want to talk about ThinkPads? Go ahead. Yeah, my thing about the whole ThinkPads thing is while the recent ones – I keep hearing about the whole Superfish issue. The classic ones are really nice. The only thing I would say is the resolution
5: is an issue. I'm currently in front of an X201 right now, and I, I love this machine.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's, this is about what I hear all the time. That seems to be a pretty fair assessment. Uh, Wimpy, you have a Libram 13. Tell me, what do you think?
4: Well, I have the better version of the Librem 13 <laughs> in that I actually have one that you can buy today and right. that works yes. and yes. is running stuff, yeah. And then, do so, you like that hardware? <laughs> uh, well, I do now that I've helped fix the touchpad driver mm. in the Linux kernel. Nice. Yes, it works very nicely. But what's interesting about the Librem 13, I have some involvement with them. So, hello, uh, everyone from uh, Purism. Uh, you'll know me from the guy that sent you the kernel patches. Um, but it's a long time coming. So they're just shipping the Librem 13 and Entraware, who I spoke about earlier, who have been shipping that hardware platform since almost the start of this year, have already revved on that platform and are just about to release their new version based on Skylake. And that's coming out in like next week or the week after.
0: That's going to be nice. Yeah, and
4: uh, I, I just don't get this purism thing. Um,
0: or no. you know, honestly, that, that's that and and this Yame Linux laptop. I mean, I I think this uh, Yame Linux laptop, or however you pronounce it, is a total non-story for actually any actual users. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a product that we really get our hands on. And uh, well,
4: maybe 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 not in the US, maybe not in Europe, but it could be a thing in China. But even
0: then, they won't even probably know it runs Linux.
4: Well, do they care? No. They just want no. something to replace Windows XP,
0: don't
1: they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a first know. computer. Not not even necessarily something to replace yeah. XP. Yeah. There's a giant market of people who've never even owned a computer at all out in the mm. burbs and beyond in China that that have never had a computer. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. For them. for those people, something yeah. like this that can get on the Internet is a fantastic device. Very much. I
0: agree. Uh, and uh, I wait with uh, anticipation for my Librem so I can give it a shot. I have been thinking this it would be ahead. Oh 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 yikes yikes did you hear that there's um, a there's voice well, how much that?
4: did you pa- how much did you pay for that
0: i don't remember it was during their crowdfunding and uh, uh that was uh, okay. i think over a year ago now i
2: can't remember yeah. chris believed in it he
0: just yeah. gave it the money maybe it wasn't a year ago maybe no, it was oh, the beginning of the yeah. year i you know just, really just, really if i wasn't going to okay. you know a lot of times uh a lot of times I will, I will buy something specifically so I can have it for review on the show. And this is, that does fall yeah. into the category of I yes. this, from a news standpoint, is an interesting topic. And it's really nice to be able to contribute some actual gen, genuine observations on the product in the shows. So for me, it, that pushes it over the line. If I didn't have that, I don't okay. think I'd push it over the line.
1: But, but we'll see.
2: Fair enough. We I think the like latest...
1: Update from Le- uh, Crowd Supply said that the Libram thirteen would ship in late October. Yeah, mm. the fifteenth. Like. the fifteenth. Oh, all right. If you order the 13? Mm. no, the, the 15 is October nineteenth. It says here. Okay, so uh, mm. uh, today is uh, October twenty
4: seventh. All, all, all I'll say is that the 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 the, the Librem is about three times over over the price of where you can get it else <laughs> elsewhere.
1: Hmm. And uh, if you want... Yeah, but you get hardware kill switches, though, Wimpy. <sighs> Remember. <laughs> have, you, have
4: you actually seen those? Oh, well, we'll see.
0: We'll see. The jury yeah. is out. We'll see. Okay. Well,
4: well, Chris, look, you know, if, if you if you want to, <laughs> if you want to review uh, another hardware platform, then I know Entroware would be interested oh, in yeah? hooking you up with one of their new Skylake
0: devices. Oh, they should email hey, that. cool: yeah, yeah, I would not mind a Skylake device. That sounds cool. Uh, well, all right. I know my my quest. I feel like this quest, this this quest for like a laptop that would be available in the stores. You walk in, and uh, a thing runs Linux. It's just it's we're impossible. so we're so close, but yet so far away. Like there's really great places now to go get good devices, like Entraware, System 76, uh, and and even Dell has Linux. Yeah. Right? Is Dell is do they start shipping that again? I can't keep track of what they do
2: with Linux. But there, they will.
0: Okay, so there's there are, but you have to know.
2: That's the thing. You have to know. I don't, it's, it's, it's just been a day. significant time investment you figuring what, all that out.
0: You know what else you have to know? You ready for this, Wes? linuxactionshow.reddit.com. That's where you go to give feedback to this show or jupyterbroadcasting.com slash contact. You can choose Linux Unplugged from the drop down. We'd love to get your feedback. Yes, we do. Join us live, jblive.tv. We do this show Tuesdays, com slash calendar. To get it in your local time zone, it's 2 p.m. Pacific. Usually when we start, we usually start a little bit before that, you know, just for funsies. Wes, anywhere you want people to check you out online?
2: Not this week, okay. uh, but there should be some stuff coming. Mysterious. Yes. Yes.
0: All right, follow the network at Jupiter Signal for uh, live stream announcements and things like that. Linux Action Show on Sunday this week, moving it to Sunday. Oh, exciting! This week uh, to uh, make room for some stuff. So check out Linux Action Show on Sunday instead of Friday, and see you right back here next week, everybody. west we're all done we're out of here we're done Ooh, we're complete yes. mission accomplished jbtitles.com yes it was thank you everybody fun.
2: thank you everyone
4: mhm mm-hmm. yeah, so, sorry sorry for being a grumpy old sod about nebrum no no it's I'm, fine I'm sure, it's good i'm Don't worry sure, about it. i'm sure you'll have uh, fun reviewing the device oh well we'll bit. see
2: we'll see linux communities survive on grump so it's, it's I, th- I i uh, i think people have gotten a little too
0: um... sensitive about criticism yeah. Just saying there's people out there that get a little too sensitive about it.
2: Sometimes criticism can be well placed. So criticize Chris as much as you want. He they takes do. it very well. Oh my god, don't they? Yep. Jeez. I there is <laughs> oh, brilliant.
0: If there is if seriously, I, there are people just criticize me constantly. They really do. And, and that's how you got so good.
1: Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. And thanks. that's why you moved away from IRC, why you moved away from Telegram. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah right?
0: No kidding. No, that's, that's not true. I'm in IRC all the time. But yeah. Uh, it is. It is very true, and it. You know, honestly, there's just there's just tools to tune it out too if it gets ridiculous. That's really what it's about. Is yeah. like, uh, you know, there are there are there are plugins to, uh, you know, just turn off comments when you don't want to see them, and there's there's all kinds mm-hmm. of things you can do. But it, you just got to walk the line because you don't want to overdo it either. JimmyDowles.com. Well, JimmyDowles.com.
4: I wasn't I wasn't trying to enroll myself into your twit filter. I was I was just trying <laughs> to <laughs> provide some uh, level headed. Um, I suppose. I'm just forewarning you. Yeah. Oh man, it's a little bit what, of a bummer. What can I say
0: it's a bit of a bummer. Well,
4: and you know what else no, is? If 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 you if you if you had paid for the for the Libra thirteen, what you can get for it elsewhere, and what you know, what you pay for it elsewhere, it's a good machine. But it's like three times more expensive through Librem, and they're trying to pitch this as like an Apple type product, and it it just isn't that.
0: So, yeah, Yeah. it's well, you know, fundamentally, how does a brand new company compete with a 30 year old company at manufacturing? How do you Mm. even do that fundamentally?
4: Even if it's well, and 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 the other thing is, is that purism have tried to pitch that you know they're doing all of this manufacturing themselves, and that's not the case either. So you know, it, it, it's a little bit smoke and mirrors. Hmm. Hmm. So Chris, can I criticize you for being so negative on the Xiaomi laptop?
0: Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you think you think it has a you think it has a good chance of becoming big?
2: Well, I won't make any prophecy but this company has been doing great phones and they really it seems like they really have a great price to performance ratio and also their devices are always very well thought out and
4: they are also a very big manufacturer of phones so I think they have quite some experience and I was actually hopeful that they might shake up things a little bit
0: Oh, you should have said that in the show. That's a good. You know, uh I hope I and it, yeah, I agree. I think probably if you could I what I would criticize our takeaway on it is it could be big for 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 thousands and thousands of people but just not for
1: us. Right. I mean, that's that's We're the, jaded Americans. Yeah.
5: The the problem is getting into the US market, I think, for a lot of these products.
1: No, really. The Chinese market is gigantic. Uh, you know, and that's that's There's we like we get this in Ubuntu. We get like when is it coming to the US? When is it coming to the US? And there's like 300 million people in the US or whatever your population is. But there's a shit ton of people over in China as well, Mm -hmm. and those people are people who are actually buying devices who don't currently have a device and or don't currently have a laptop. And so there's a gigantic untapped market over that side
0: of the. And that middle that middle class over there is expanding. You know, I mean there's there yep. is a lot there's a lot of growth potential over there right now. Yeah. When when Apple's
5: profits in just China dwarf uh Samsung and Motorola and
0: L G and everybody else combined, you know that's a big market. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, also China has one seventh of the world's population, so
0: yeah, and so it could be. I'm really be,
3: excited for my Chinese MacBook Air.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, So it, exactly, it could be a Chinese MacBook Air. Exactly, and it could eventually make looks its way over.
3: Exactly, like a MacBook Air.
0: Well, that picture might literally be a MacBook Air. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, I'm curious if. Yeah, that's adds- the funny thing. i saw uh, a comment before um it uh, it was really funny in irc i saw a comment that said that um they they could just ship from china a a macbook that has an apple logo that it just runs elementary os i thought that was funny
1: but i'm bummed uh what's new mate i i have been looking at um new phones like you know looking at what Alternative devices are there out there, and the Xiaomi phones look really nice. there mm-hmm, They've yeah, got some nice mid to high range, high end. Like you're talking like three gig of RAM rather than two. They look um, okay. with four G chipsets and decent resolution screen mm-hmm. and multiple SIM slots and all that kind of stuff for a really decent price point, like 180 dollars or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I know, Ooh, but yeah. you have to
2: get rid of the software. I've used one. And the
1: Chinese software on there. Oh man! Yeah, right. Probably wipe it and put Cyanogen or something but I did else that on there.
2: Anyway, so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: it almost reminds me of that Windows firmware thing with the. Um, I don't know that it was the the Windows something with the with the BIOS or something like that with the firmware that something was um, in there. I saw. I heard it on a previous show. I don't know if it was Linux Action Show or Linux Unplugged or, or something like that. But I heard about. Um, windows loading something onto your oh yes it was for the for the oem la- or the oem laptops where or where the manufacturer or someone could put um special firmware on your um on your on your device so whenever you installed windows on the uh, if you reinstall windows it would automatically install those applications again um yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that
0: yeah yeah. The Lenovo's, yeah uh, I, Again, I think we should go with what's new, mate or mate Yeah, that sounds I, good to me. I mean. think I like it, and it's a good conversation. So, thank you, Wimpy, for uh, making it in here on the, and thank you, Popey for paying no. Wimpy. <laughs> yes.
4: No, thank, thank You're you. you Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just Popey's bitch. He he, uh, <laughs> he, really he summoned well, you. Uh, oh, come
0: yeah. running. Yeah. We were going to sick. Well, it was either that or sick the whole chat room <laughs> on you, and so we figured that was probably more more efficient if <laughs> yeah. anything. Well, yeah, but, yeah. So, thank you for making it, and uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, yeah, and so chat room, don't forget, I mentioned it right there at the end of the show, but we're going to do Linux Action Show on Sunday. Sunday. Probably 10 a.m. our regular time, yeah. So. Okay, all right. Bye, mumble room. Thank you for being here. Uh, a- when do you Adios.
1: change your clocks? Is it Saturday night, Sunday morning? So you JB is going to Oh, my God. JB is he, oh my move, God, is that a thing? Oh, could <laughs> yes, I possibly? Yes. Yes. If you change this weekend.
0: Oh, why yeah, did is. I have to? Yeah, on like Sunday morning on the TV one day tomorrow, we move like, back to Sunday. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. That's horrible. That could not have gotten more worse. Just set it back an hour. You've done. Yeah. That is horrible. Oh, geez. Just, just do
1: oh, it no. early no. on Saturday. Oh, no. and you, you know what,
0: you know what oh, this... makes it even more complicated is Noah is traveling across time zones right now. He, and he will be traveling while we're doing the show across time zones.
3: Oh, that's going to be a disaster. Holy In my opinion, I...
0: crap.